KDXI St. George, Radio St. George at 100.3 FM. And we welcome you to The Extraordinary Talk Show, a show to help you understand yourself and the world from a new perspective. And in the process, help you find your own personal extraordinary. And now your host for The Extraordinary Talk Show, Della Hill. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Happy Wednesday on The Extraordinary Talk Show. We are here live on the air on Radio St. George 100.3. And there's a good chance that if you're listening to this, you're listening on one of our podcast formats, which would probably be through Spotify. But I think you can pick us up on really any of the podcasts that are out there. The last few weeks, I've had a little bit of a cold. Guys, I'm feeling good and safe to be out and about, I promise. But I, you can hear it in my voice a little bit that I've been carrying this around for a week or two, but it's actually feeling better. You know, it's kind of at that end where it sounds terrible, but feels pretty good, actually. So let's start with the same things we always start with. I'm here to tell you, I'm here not to tell you what to think, but to try to get you to think for yourself. And as part of that, one of my requests to you is that you not believe anything that I say just because I say it. I encourage you to listen to what I have to offer you and to make up your own mind because I have a lot of my own ideas and I've figured out a lot of things that work for me and maybe some of the things that work for me might work for you, but just because they work for me doesn't mean they're going to work for you and I don't expect them to. And I, it is part of my personal philosophy to not tell others what they should say or do or think. However, if you want to listen to some of the things I've thought about and then think about them yourself, I encourage you to do that. So here's some of the things I've thought about this week. Actually, I had uh, some pretty good conversation, some pretty good, well, actually a lot of conversation about a lot of things going on in the world. And last week we talked a little bit about being right and being safe and how humans will give up their safety for the illusion of being right and safe. And in discussing this with my friend Jesse, who was on the show about a month ago talking about thorium energy, if you, wanna, if you haven't checked that one out, I definitely recommend you look back and see that one listen to it because Jesse has a lot of knowledge and information about good energy that would be really beneficial and helpful for our planet. But in discussion, we were talking about being right and being safe and how easy it is to get sucked in to an idea or a narrative or what you might call um. Hang on, I'll have to come back to that one because I had a different word for it in my head. Um, and we talked about cults and how easy it is, surprisingly easy it is, for a cult leader to offer an illusion of safety and then offer himself as the only solution to the problem and the only way that you can act. It's through him and through his whatever it is that he's going to give you. That's the only way that you can find safety. And... First of all, it's an illusion that you're in danger anyway, because whatever it is that the guy says that you're in danger of 
is not nearly as bad as he's making it out to be. And then, so he creates fear. And, and I, um, and then after creating fear can then offer you the solution, the safety, which really is only an illusion because you were never really in danger the way that he says you are anyway. But then people get bought into this because they're afraid. They're afraid for their safety. And so they attach themselves to an idea that they believe is going to make them safe. And because they believe this idea is going to make them safe, they attach themselves to being right. That, that has the, that's the thing that that one solution has to be right. It has to be because what else is there if that one isn't? And they attach then their entire safety to this idea that isn't right, but they're told that it is. And because they're told that they're in danger, they buy into it. And we know, we can all know someone, we probably all do know someone that we've had a conversation with that we're going, how do you, do you really think these things? You really do think those things. How is it that you got into that line of thinking? And many of these people are smart people. And in fact, you know what? I've looked back at my own thoughts and thought, and things that I believed and thought, how did I believe that? Now that I look at it from this direction, I, I myself am shocked that I believed some of the things that I used to believe. So you can't really blame someone too much when, or at all, I think, when they get stuck in a line of thought that isn't healthy and isn't beneficial for them because we've all, I promise you too, have, we've all had some line of thought and thinking that wasn't helpful for us and probably was not helpful to the people and possibly even harmful to the people around us. So how do you know if it's happening to you? That's the scariest thing. It's, it's so easy to look around and go, they're in trouble, they're in trouble, they're in trouble. It's so easy to say, wow, that guy, how can he possibly believe such a thing? But how do you know if you are? Because that guy, he thinks he's right. And I guarantee you there have been times that you thought you were right that you weren't. How do you know if you are getting sucked into the illusion, how do you know if you're buying into it? And so after some thought and conversation, which I have to give a lot of credit to Jesse for because he helped me develop four statements. And if you can make these statements, you're pretty safe. If you can say these things and think through them and really answer them honestly, I believe you can trust that you are safe and that you are not buying into an unsafe idea, concept, narrative, gospel, doctrine, and so on, etc. So some of the things that we talked about were that the, uh, a charismatic but harmful leader is going to offer, is going to make you afraid and then they're going to offer a solution for your fear. But then they also have to isolate you and keep you away either spiritually, mentally, or, or physically, it could be many of these things, from other people. So here's number one. 
ways to know that I am not buying into an unsafe gospel doctrine or narrative. One, I am willing to consider more than one solution. And here's why this matters, because your charismatic leader is going to tell you that they there's really only one answer, there's only one solution, and by the way, they're really the only person you can get it from. Um, that you can't get it from from a friend, you can't get it from you certainly can't get it yourself. Whatever the solution is is only available through the avenues that they offer. You certainly cannot provide this for yourself. That's one big core key to to being sucked into that is believing that there's only one solution and that you can't get it yourself, that you have to get it from someone else. So the statement is, I'm willing to consider more than one solution. If you are only willing to think of one solution, if someone has convinced you that there's only one option, and especially if it's an option that you can't even offer yourself, that's dangerous. That's really, really dangerous and be very, very careful. Anytime someone is telling you that there's only one answer, one solution, one magic pill, and you, you can't even get it yourself, that's something dangerous. And if they convince you that this is the only answer and that everyone else needs to follow this only answer too, that there's only one solution and make it to where you can't even consider other options, other solutions coming from other sources, that's when you might be in danger of being sucked in. So ask, make this statement to yourself and ask yourself if it's true. And in this case, prove it in your own head before you talk about it out loud even. Think about this to yourself. I'm willing to consider more than one solution. So whatever it is that you believe, and this could be a religious narrative or a political narrative or a, an socioeconomic narrative or it could be believing in the force. Whatever the answer is, are you willing to consider that there's more than one answer, that there's more than one solution? And also, is there more than one place? Meaning, can you get it for yourself, this one solution? If you can't make, if you can't say that, you need to look really, really closely at why not. Next, I am willing to question my beliefs and those of my leaders. Now, when I brought this up, a good friend said, well, hey, you can't ask people to change what they believe. I'm not asking you to change what you believe. My friend was right when she said that. You can't ask people to change what you believe and good luck if hoping that they will in many cases. That's fine. I'm not asking you to change what you believe. I'm asking, are you willing to challenge your own beliefs? Are you willing to question your beliefs? I'm not saying lay them all out and let's go through them one by one and I'm going to tell you all the places you're wrong. I'm saying if an idea comes up that doesn't make sense to what you agree with and what you already know, are you willing to think about that for a minute? Are you, if, if something comes up that doesn't jive with what you think you already believe, are you willing to compare the two? Are you willing to hold those two things side by side? And are you willing to acknowledge that maybe 
what you have already believed and the idea that you were already holding on to is not as good as the new idea. And isn't that a beautiful thing to discover? That there's something better than what you already knew. So when people get sucked in, they believe that there's only one answer and usually only one leader or one source of leadership and it cannot be questioned. And because they get so afraid for their own safety, they cling so hard to being right that they're not even willing, they're not even willing to question their beliefs. When someone is, stops being even willing to question their own beliefs, to hold up one belief next to a new idea and compare them side by side, if you are not even willing to do that, my friend, you've stopped thinking for yourself. Let me say the statement again. I am willing to question my beliefs and those of my leaders. I'm not asking you to change what you believe. I'm not even asking you to pick up a specific one and hold it up against another one. I'm asking, are you willing to question your beliefs when a new and better idea comes along? And why wouldn't you want a new and better idea? And there's a second part of that, and those of my leaders, which also means I'm not asking you to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm not asking you to give up your leaders. I'm saying, excuse me, if your leader says something that doesn't jive with something that you think, are you willing to hold up what you think and what your leader thinks side by side and compare them? Are you willing to do that? Do you have permission from your leader to do that? Because some leaders will say no. Some leaders will say, no, don't question. I've already said what's true. And if you question me, now you're the one in the wrong. Guys, if your leader is saying that, you need to look carefully, really, really carefully. Anyone who tells you I have all the truth and only the truth and you can only get the truth from me. I'm not going to tell you to, what to do, but please rent screaming. Are you willing to question your leaders? That's all. Are you willing to? And are your will leaders willing to be questioned? Because if they're not, there's a reason why. Truth is not afraid of being questioned, guys. Truth is never afraid of being questioned. Truth can stand on its own two feet. Truth knows its truth. Lies and deceit are always afraid of being uncovered. Mistruth is always afraid of being questioned. If you're looking for truth, look for what's not afraid of being questioned. If you are asking questions and whatever it is is hiding from the questions, that's a sign that there's nothing that, or that there's something dishonest there. Because if it was truthful, if it was honest, it wouldn't be afraid of the questions. Statement number three, I refuse to accept or assign anonymous blame. Guys, I love this one. When a leader is holding a group in fear, you might call this coerced group think. That's the word I was coming up, trying to come up with earlier. Coerced group think. When a leader is holding a group in fear, and holding them sucked into whatever his doctrine or narrative is, 
he will encourage them to point wide fingers. Hey, all of you, blame all of them. It's all their fault. There's three parts to anonymous blame, because you may not have heard this term before, because it's one that I may have come up with unless you've heard it somewhere else, but it was one that we discussed in the conversation. Anonymous blame. This is really a really critical part of a, a poor doctrine or narrative is that they always, there's always got to be a problem. And truthfully, guess what? Your charismatic leader cannot solve all the problems. And rather than have things, have anybody go, hey, do you know that you're not solving all the problems? He has to go, hey, look at those people who are not solving other problems too. And there's always fingers pointed and there's always blame. And the beautiful thing about how this blame is designed is that it's designed anonymously. It's look at those guys over there. Look how wrong they are. So there's, there's three ways that blame can be anonymous. It's from an anonymous person or group to an anonymous person or group about an anonymous thing. Um, this was very, very common in World War II, guys, back in Germany, that the Nazi party as a group, and it maybe wasn't the party themselves that were pointing fingers except that they were, but they together said, hey, look at all of those people over there. Look at those Jews. Look at those other people we don't like. It's their fault. And just by pointing a wide finger, all of a sudden now all of these people are at fault. All of these people who individually have done nothing are at fault. And an anonymous, an anonymous group, the German people and the Nazi party, were able to just widely point their finger and say, look at those guys. It's, it's them. They did it. it. Sounds like a bunch of childhood bullies on the playground, actually. But by joining an anonymous group, you can point anonymous blame about an anonymous thing and not hardly even have to feel guilty about it. Because look, everybody else is blaming the same things at the same time. And then you don't even have to back it up. So how is, when is blame not anonymous? When you can say, I don't like that political leader because he said or did this and I disagree with that. That's direct blame. And if you can back that up, then do. But if you, if you find yourself with a group who is pointing anonymous blame, or with a group who's pointing fingers for the sake of pointing fingers and blaming. And if you find yourself pointing blame at a group or person that's anonymous, that truly can't speak up for themselves, that really is either being used as a martyr or the group themselves is being blamed. And then, then you can pick apart the individual people within the group. So if you blame all the Jews, then you can kill them one by one because they're all, all bad guys. And to you and I, doesn't make any sense. But guys, the psychology behind this is clearly, clearly effective because it's been used over and over and over again in our known history. Don't think that we're above it right now. 
don't think that you're smarter than this because most people, every single one of us has fallen into something like this at some point in time. Here's the statement again. I refuse to accept or assign anonymous blame. If you're pointing fingers at somebody, if you're saying it's your fault, it's their fault, back it up. I'm not saying don't, but I'm saying if you're gonna, back it up. Number four, ways to definitely know that I am not buying into this or that or any narrative. I am not projecting my own fear on others. This is a really, really critical part of it, guys, because when this leader tries to instill fear in you, fear propagates fear. Fear likes to grow. Misery loves company. You've heard that statement. And when we get scared, we kind of want other people to be scared. Look, look, look at the thing coming down the street. Aren't you scared? I'm scared. You should be scared with me. If we're, if we're afraid, we want other people to be afraid for some reason. It's in, it's in our psychology. Also, when we're happy, we want other people to be happy. That's the other end of it. When, we're, when we are loving, we want other people to be loving. That's the other end of the fear stick. Every stick has two ends. On one end of this, fear, this stick is fear, and on the other end is love. So you get out of fear by finding your way into love. But here's what's, here's what's important. You're allowed to have fear. You have a right to your emotions. You have a right to your thoughts. You have a right to feel and do what you want as long as you don't push that on somebody else. Whether it's your fear or your anger or whatever it is, you're, you have a right to it. I'm not telling you not to be afraid. I hope you're not afraid. You don't need to be afraid. I'm telling you that there's not as much reason to be afraid as you think that there is. But if you want to be afraid, be afraid. And there's a lot of reasons to be afraid and you can be afraid without having been sucked into a narrative. When it becomes true that you may have been sucked into a narrative is when you are pushing your fear onto others. When you think other people should be afraid, when you're telling them that they should be afraid and when you are pushing reasons why they should be afraid. When you are projecting your own fear on others, that is a sign that you have are been sucked into the narrative and it's working. It's working on you just like you didn't think it was. Let me read these for you again. And I wrote these guys as I am statements because I am statements are really powerful. So I want you to say these to yourself and decide your rightness or wrongness in the quiet of your own mind before you get on a political stage and sign your name with it. Figure out in your own head before you get embarrassed publicly. And I promise it works out better for you anyway. Signs that I'm definitely not buying into, and this works for any narrative. One, I'm willing to consider more than one option more than one solution. I'm willing to consider more than one solution. Two, I am willing to question my beliefs and those of my leaders. Three, I refuse to accept or assign anonymous blame. And four, I am not projecting my own fear on others. 
the opposite of all of these statements is dangerous. And the opposite of all of these statements is really about fear, blame, and control. So the answer is don't fear, don't blame, and don't let anyone else ultimately be in control of your own thoughts and your own actions. And ultimately, love. Guys, that's the end of my show. I hope you got something you needed out of it. I love you all. Again, I'm not trying to tell you what to think, but I am trying to get you to think for yourself. And that's Della with The Extraordinary Talk Show. See you next week. You've been listening to The Extraordinary Talk Show with Della Hill. Search YouTube and Facebook, Spotify, or Podbean for video and podcasts of this show. Or go to RadioStGeorge.com. We'll see you next week for another edition of The Extraordinary Talk Show.